0: Welcome again to the Rotten Horror Picture Show, the horror movie podcast, where we talk about films off the Rotten Tomatoes 200 Best Horror Movies of All Time list. My name is Clay McCormick, and with me as always is Amanda. Amanda, I have a question for you. Yes, Clay. On a hot summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? No. I bet you say that to all the boys. (laughs)
1: What are we, what are we doing?
0: That's meatloaf.
1: Ah. I just, it's just
0: the first thing that popped into my head. It's very <laughs> similar to what they say in this
1: movie. I have Only what they say in this movie. Less
0: sexy. I wrote it More down. sexy than what they say in this yeah. movie. Uh, oh, we'll get into that. Yeah. Don't worry. There's,
1: there's poetry. Yes.
0: Uh, we of course are talking about the Wolfman from 1941. Uh, one of the later, you uni- of the original universal monsters, uh, Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, very recognizable makeup, um, mm-hmm. but for some reason sounds like a miniature schnauzer yeah. when he growls at people. It is uh, number 86 on our list. It has a 90% wow. with an 80% audience score. Uh, had you seen this before?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This this was one, classic horror movies were ones that even when we were pretty young, we were allowed to watch yeah, same. at home. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think actually I saw one of my f- I think my first universal horror movies, if not the first one I ever saw was Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. Oh. Which fun. was recommended by my dad. We went huh. to the video store and he's like, We should watch this. Aww. And I I loved it. Yeah. And I still love it. And I hold that uh movie very sentimental. Yeah. Um, but I I always loved Wolfman. Mm. Um I don't know why I've I, I was really into werewolf movies for a while like in hmm. college I don't know if it's because I was growing a beard for the first time and I <laughs> felt seen you
1: watched ginger snap somewhere you were just like oh this is so me
0: yes <laughs> um, but yeah I, I've always liked werewolf movies I, I yeah. always I I was as we were watching it I think mm-hmm. the thing that stood out to me is that more so than Dracula more so than Frankenstein I feel like Wolfman is the one classic universal monster
2: mm-hmm. who
0: has like real, um, I don't know if pathos is the right word because there's yeah. pathos for Frankenstein, but there's a, a relatability to the Wolfman that I feel like yeah. Dracula and Frankenstein and Creature from the Black Lagoon don't have.
1: Well, yeah, he's, he still has his humanity. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and he's he's, he's cursed to...
1: Yes. Yeah, I want to I talk all yeah, about Yeah, we'll get all into yeah.
0: that. Uh, Wolfman's great. We have, we have yes. Larry with us here. Larry! In, in action figure form. Uh, but we're going to play the trailer for you, and we will come back and talk all about the psychology and all of the other things of Wolfman. That's
2: funny. Another dog. <laughs> no, that's a wolf.
0: A wolf and a star. What does that mean?
2: I thought you said you were psychic. Oh, I am. But this is only wood and silver, and it hasn't blue eyes. Well, that's a very rare piece. It shows the wolf and the pentagram, the sign of the werewolf. Werewolf? What's that? Well, that's a human being who at certain times of the year changes into a wolf. You mean runs around on all fours and bites and snaps and bays at the moon? Oh, even worse than that sometimes. <whistles>
0: leaves becomes a werewolf himself
2: Oh no and heaven help you
0: okay the wolf man. From 1941, directed by George Wagner, written by Kurt Siadmak, and starring Lon Chaney Jr., Evelyn Anchors, Claude Rains, Warren William, Ralph Bellamy, Bela Lugosi, and Amanda as an old woman, Yes, Maria Uspinskaya. This actually is, it's, it has two other universal monsters in this. This has Claude Rains, who is the Invisible Man, mm-hmm. and Bela Lugosi, who of course was Frankenstein in <laughs> Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, and nothing else. <laughs> Uh, Amanda, what happens in The Wolfman?
1: A British nobleman undergoes a startling transformation when he's bitten by a gypsy werewolf.
0: I mean, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much.
1: As I was saying before we recorded this, I found many summaries. A lot of them went beat by beat through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So you all get the succinct version. Excellent. Well, Clay, some things you'll find in this movie. mm have been written for us yes. by this movie. This
0: is the first film that actually wrote its own Things You'll Find list for yes, us. Yes. It
1: delivered it delivered all of these unto me, and I quote mm-hmm. Wolf, Gypsy yep. Woman, mm-hmm. Murder,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Evil Spell, mm-hmm. Pentagram, mm-hmm. Wolf's Bane, mm-hmm. and Definite Psychic Maladjustment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you'll also find the worst meat cute we've seen since the birds
0: yeah um <laughs> at least the birds had like some weird psychosexual stuff going on this I one would is argue. this one does too but okay it's i'm from the 40s so yeah. they're a
1: little a little more that's true under the radar about it yeah this one
0: just comes off as more creepy
1: yes uh and i have to say kind of bad parenting but not the worst parenting
0: on whose part
1: on Larry slash Lon Chaney's father's part, the
0: fact that he beats his son to death with a stick.
1: Well, <laughs> that part I wasn't counting because he doesn't know at the time that it's him. I, I I count the when when we talk about the parenting element, mm. I think of it as like when they know they're being a parent. Oh sure, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. Like like I am gonna do this because of my child or to
0: my child or whatever. As opposed to yeah. when you don't know you're a parent mm-hmm. and you have no responsibilities. Yes. <laughs> Uh yeah, I can see that, and I you know yeah. I um I think uh Gwen's dad is okay.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, that's why this doesn't just this movie doesn't just get a a, a firm questionable parenting. Yeah, because Gwen's dad seems like he 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 stands up for his daughter, he even says oh outright, I trust my daughter. Yeah,
0: yeah, very progressive of him. Yes, from the forties or whenever this is supposed to be. Yes,
1: when wherever. <laughs>
0: yes. Um. So this is the Wolfman. This is a later universal monster but this was 1941 by this point they'd already done dracula they'd already done frankenstein they'd Mm -hmm. already done the mummy they'd already done um sequels to all these movies at this point yeah they've done sequels to all these movies and uh this was one of the uh I, I think it's funny how time kind of collapses on its stuff on itself when you look back at this stuff because mm-hmm. they always group the, they're like dinosaurs right, <laughs> <clears throat> you know how when you right. think about dinosaurs it's like yeah there was the triceratops uh-huh. the T Rex mm-hmm. the stegos- pterodactyl the Stegosaurus yeah. and they yeah. all existed at the same time right and definitely and weren't when you separated. put them
1: together they made a megazord
0: yeah no. it definitely weren't separated by millions or hundreds no, of millions of no, years no
1: in like geographic locations no not at all no no
0: no um. But Everybody yeah, knows uh,
1: that the earth was flat and all the dinosaurs oh of and man lived side by side.
0: And then when they died, the earth turned into a ball. <laughs> uh, it's been
1: education corner yes. with Clay and Amanda. That's the secret. Please That's the, don't the, tell the, your teacher at school. The secret
0: of flat earth <laughs> they never tell you is the end of the story when, um, when, the, when the earth just melts into a circle. It just so wraps it's itself around
1: ball. the dinosaurs yes. and they're
0: still alive. That's why the bones are inside.
1: No, they're still alive in the center of the hollow earth. Right? Oh, good for them. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- this y- you always kind of think of these things as sort of all existing at the same time. But mm. this is a later one, and we were talking a little bit before. Creature from the Black Lagoon isn't until the mid '50s. Yeah, and they these movies had kind of fallen out of favor at that point. But um, um, there's a lot of interesting pedigree, <laughs> to use a word. <laughs> to this movie because are we
1: gonna get a lot of like canine puns in this episode, Clay?
0: Let's see what happens. Um there's a lot it, where you've got uh Bela Lugosi in this, you've got Claude mm-hmm. Rains in this. Um, Lon Chaney Jr. really only has a career because of his debt. And I hate to say that, but like his name his real name's Creighton. Aw. And he had Gotten some acclaim playing Lenny in 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 mice in, of and mi- of, of mice and men, right. the first v- version of that, mm-hmm. but kind of wasn't really didn't have much of a career until his father passed away, mm-hmm. and he became uh, Creighton took on the name of Lon Chaney Jr. and they were like, great, we need a new uh, a new star to put in these monster movies. Huh. Let's get the son of the most famous actor ever. <sighs> put a slap a junior on there and we'll, that does the work for you and wow. unfortunately that that's kind of all he's got I mean Aww. he's not he's not the best actor in the world and
1: poor, he, poor Creighton yeah
0: I mean you know he had he got a career out of it <laughs> but uh you know he, he's he's fine um but one of the downsides to this movie is you you end up in this this weird place where we are presented with the most unbelievable thing we've seen in any of these movies mm-hmm all 88 of them we've covered, <laughs> yes, yeah. which is that Lon Chaney is the son of an English lord.
1: Yeah, Claude Rains. <laughs>
0: yeah. And comes from this like, they they try to cover it up in a couple places by he's like, Claude Rains is like, you were just a young boy when you left town. Yeah, like, when how, you
1: ran away to America. How young are we talking here? Yeah, you know? that, No, I know we have a lot of exposition before we dive into the movie, but even like watching him in this movie, it's like, have you ever been to this town before?
0: Yeah, right like. yes well it, that's part of the the interesting kind of evolution of the script because it um i guess originally they wanted carloff to do this cuz they mm. wanted carloff to do fucking everything yeah um but in the original there's a couple main differences in the original version which is uh in the original version you don't know for sure if he's actually turning into a werewolf Ooh. or if it's just a mental thing yeah and also uh Larry Talbot is an American mm-hmm. who is there specifically to fix the telescope. He's not part of the family. Oh, it's a, it's a stranger in a strange land kind of thing, where mm. he's out of his element in this European question mark village. <laughs> yes, and um, that's that's the inroad to expose him to all of this lore. And there's there's a lot of lore in this movie. Yes, um, but yeah, it, it's it's a uh, it, it's an interesting progression into what it became and it's, it, it's very unique in the universe. If I'm just babbling, please stop me. <laughs> it's very unique in the, uh, uh, I don't know what the word is, um, the canon of mm. Universal Monsters because Lon Chaney is the only person to ever play this character. All of the other oh. characters have been played by multiple actors but the wolfman is only Lon Chaney Jr. Huh. Well, in, in, at least until they remade it but no, no Right, talk about right, that. right. Uh the other fun thing about that, Lon Chaney is also the only actor to have played Frankenstein, Dracula, and the Wolfman and the Mummy. So he he played all four of the big ones.
1: When was he Dracula?
0: He was Dracula in Son of Dracula. Okay. Which uh <laughs> was that after this? I think that was before this, wasn't
1: it? I have no idea. No, it was.
0: It was after this. So yeah, he okay. he became a known quantity in The Wolfman. And then mm. uh, he was uh, Dracula and Son of Dracula. Uh, he plays Frankenstein. I forget where he plays Frankenstein, but I know that he does. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought he played... Maybe he doesn't play the mummy. I think he does. I think...
1: I, I believe you. <laughs> I'm not
0: 100% on the mummy, but I know he does play Dracula and Frankenstein. Yeah. So he becomes this weird uh, centerpiece because yeah. by 1941, or at least 19, uh, you know, after that, mm-hmm. Karloff isn't doing these, he's not playing the monster anymore. Yeah. Uh, Bella Lugosi is just, has been shit canned yeah. by the world, apparently, for reasons. Poor Bella. Not really warranted. Um yeah, he's got such a strange Trek yeah. f- career, f- especially through these movies. I
1: feel like with and I could be totally wrong. This is an unresearched opinion, probably biased by the fact that I love Bela Lugosi. I think there was just some of that weird racism that people used to yeah. have against like Eastern Europeans. I'm sure
0: that's in there. definitely. You know, like, when it was to... like being
1: Hungarian or Polish was like the worst thing you could be. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he had to fight to be Dracula, yeah. Even though he had been playing it on Broadway, and so he he got paid very little to do it, yeah. And then after that, it didn't really jumpstart his career the way he wanted to, yeah. He he was a little bit of a he had he had an ego, like he sure. was offered Frankenstein, but he turned it down, yeah. And you know, obviously they gave I, that would have been a bad fit anyway, yeah, but, yeah. But in his later career, it's kind of a double-edged sword when you see him pop up in these movies because mm-hmm. he's great in them. Yeah. But it's like Bill Lugosi, the guy who nobody would be here without him, mm-hmm. is playing the gypsy yes. who gets killed 10 minutes into the movie. Yes,
1: yeah, who has a first act guest spot and yeah. is promptly killed off.
0: He plays Igor, the hunchback, in Son of Frankenstein, I that think. wild. And he's great. Yeah. Uh, and then in Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, he plays the monster who, and he has no lines and all he does, the monster wakes up for about 30 seconds at the end so they can fight, and he just goes, ah! And that's basically <laughs> all he does. Aw. But yeah, and obviously he had his drug problem and stuff, so he yeah, had his yeah. issues. But anyway, what are we talking about? <laughs> wolfman? The Wolfman. Wolfman. Yes. Uh, so you, this is uh, the first kind of new property in a while for mm. Universal, and I have always been amazed at how, uh, frankly, they nail it. Yeah. And because this is wholly original this is not well it's not based on a book it's not based on like the way the the Dracula Frankenstein. Right. If you, the, it's like the mummy isn't based on a book, but it's kind of zeitgeisty, you know? Yeah. Because the, they had just been opening the tombs and stuff. And so it was kind of on people's mind. Yeah. But the wolfman. It's kind of
1: pulled out of folklore. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: pulled out of folklore. It's written by um, a writer, his name's Kurt Siodmak, who had fled Germany because the Nazis mm. were on the rise. So a lot of people have read into the wolfman as being influenced by, I mean, he's even talked about it.
1: Mm. seeing
0: people that he thought were normal upstanding people yeah. turn into monsters, really. Yeah. And uh, which is, man, there's a there's this great book that I read when I was doing research. For, I'm sorry. I'm, no, it's okay. I'm, I don't mean to talk <laughs> at you. I promise I will turn it over to you yeah, shortly. Just get it all out now. Um, there's this great book that I read uh, called, when I was doing research for Bloody Hell, called Wasteland, mm. which is about, the author's um, thesis that World War I essentially created modern horror because hmm. he, he basically tracks all of the most influential people who were working in movies, art, poetry, yeah. who all lived through, and some of them actually fought during World War I, yeah. and, and looks at how that conflict clearly shaped Absolutely. what was going on. And it it really it continues up through, what was going on with the Nazis and stuff. Like, I'm I'm going cross-eyed. I just, just I'm, I've I've dove into the deep end, and I apologize. Anyway, Wolfman, yeah, <clears throat> great movie. What do you think? <laughs> No, no. uh, I'm sorry. I've been, I've been, (laughs) I was saying to you earlier, I, when when I first got all of these movies on like DVD, Mm -hmm. I watched everything. I watched all the behind the scenes stuff and I just like knew it all. Yeah. And now I'm just like, it's just vomiting out of my brain. It's
1: really funny because as we were prepping to record this episode, Clay was sitting there all going, oh, I should have done more homework. I, I, I didn't. I didn't put any of this together. I, I didn't just know. I and wanted, then you open like we we start recording, and you open your mouth, and it all just wholesale is still in that part of your brain.
0: The problem is though, it's not. It's not structured. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to come out. Yeah, yeah. Such as one yes. thing I wanted to bring up. Yes. Which we can use this as a jumping off point to Let's get into the it. movie. Let's do it. We talked about the things that are in this movie. Yes. Can you tell me the one thing that is not in this movie?
1: Ooh.
0: Which should be in this movie?
1: Oh gosh. Um my first instinct when it's when it's with you is that there's no magic book.
0: No. Well technically there is because they uh, it's more of a science book, which yeah. isn't that really magic. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's it's more um it based in the character
1: no pictures of the moon
0: there is no moon in this movie yeah um one of the big things that changed Mm -hmm. is the poem that you mentioned yeah which is the classic poem only a man who is pure of heart and says his prayers at night maybe even a man who is is who's pure of heart and says his prayers at night may become a wolf when the wolfbane blooms and the autumn moon is bright yeah there's no moon in the next one they change it to full moon so that's where that comes from
1: interesting
0: and there's Again, sorry, diving off in the deep end. <laughs> all of the werewolf lore that everybody mm-hmm. knows mm-hmm. comes from this movie. It comes from Kurt Siodmak. It doesn't it's yeah. not from a book. Yeah. It's not from ancient Romanian whatever. He made it all ninety percent of it up. Yeah. Which I think is another instance of this movie just like really nailing it
1: yeah well i mean uh, so so the wolf please please
0: talk for like (laughs) 20 minutes i'm trying
1: clay um the wolfsbane one is somewhat part of folklore i don't know if it was specifically tied to like i guess it was because like it, it it was used as a as a anti-lycanthropy quote unquote cure mm-hmm. problem is that wolfsbane is you know it's a real plant it's mm-hmm. a beautiful purple flower they look lovely they're very poisonous um so if you make somebody eat it to cure their lycanthropy you just kill them
0: hey <laughs> mission accomplished
1: yeah and it's interesting because some of the symptoms of poisoning based off of it kind of present like rabies you can oh, interesting. froth at the mouth yeah. you can have seizures that kind of stuff so it it's it's an interesting little tie-in and that it works really well so he was definitely getting some research from somewhere sure like he'd, he'd heard enough to piece together a mythology that that kind of makes sense you know yeah
0: it is it's i've always just been impressed by because it it's that kind of it's the kind of world building and lore mm-hmm. that is essentially bulletproof because
1: mm-hmm. except silver silver bullet.
0: except silver yeah because when you when you come away from this movie you do not question it at all whether yeah. or not it's like oh yeah this is just <laughs> this is just what werewolves. Yeah, like this is they, just
1: how werewolves work. If
0: I looked up yeah. a book anywhere about werewolves,
1: Cycles of the Moon, yeah. Silver Will Kill Them, exactly. blah blah blah. Yeah.
0: All created for this movie.
1: Yeah, and, and I think I think the thing that makes it work is that he keeps it simple enough.
0: He does the thing that I noticed this time is there's a lot of like loose lore floating around oh there is definitely but definitely I, gets but trimmed down as the movies stuff go on yes he
1: keeps basic it's like it's the moon triggers it mm-hmm. silver can kill you if you're bitten by a wolf you become if you're bitten by the werewolf and survive you become
0: yeah. a werewolf mm-hmm.
1: i think he starts to get a little too fancy with the pentagrams
0: yeah once they get into the pentagrams yeah. and the necklace thing and there's a couple yeah. well
1: the necklace thing you can kind of write off as just like superstition true yeah. you know like like you know I'm going to use the word gypsy throughout this even though it
0: is
1: vaguely offensive these days or to, I don't know maybe very offensive. I have no idea. But I'm just going to stick with the terminology that the movie uses because it's a fictional. It's
0: good enough thing. for share. It's good enough for us.
1: <laughs> well, we don't even know where this
2: happens.
0: That's the thing. Yeah, I did want to talk about that cuz yeah. we we covered this when we watched Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. This is uh that the very I I think this movie is the closest you get to like fairy tale like from yeah. the the Universal movies, because they they have this uh, vaguely European yes. village, which is the same place they shot Frankenstein. It's all in the yep. Universal backlot, but it's these buildings that need to double for just Europe.
1: Right, they have to be sort of British countryside but also Bavarian, right. it's but all, also it's, they, Eastern they tend to skew European. Bavarian. Yeah. Yeah. And I read somewhere that this is supposedly Wales. Sure. Which feels Why not? like something in 1941 that you could just say to Americans like, yeah, that's what Wales is like and they'd oh, yeah. be like, okay.
0: Yeah, most of them hadn't been there. Sure. Uh <laughs> but you know, you you set it in this sort of vague locale um that has these uh European kind of bavarian buildings, yeah. but it also has this amazing forest yeah. of these like short squat trees. Yes. That are very uh very I guess filmic because yeah. they, they don't go up that high.
1: <laughs> and they're spaced out.
0: They're spaced out. Like yeah. the
1: forest feels somehow both dense and very orderly. It, <laughs> in it weirdly weird way.
0: I always felt thought it felt kinda like an apple orchard sort of.
1: Yeah, yeah, it sort of does. Yeah.
0: A very yep. foggy apple orchard. Yes. And then on top of that, they are casting, I think the way that they cast this, aside from the fact that there are no people of color in this movie, <laughs> uh is very similar to the way they cast a lot of period pieces now. Mm. And I not for the same reasons obviously, but uh where they're kind of like, yeah, it, who cares if if there were not Hispanic people in England in the 1700s? We want this person to play Bridgerton or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what it does in this movie, at least, yeah. is creates this weird community yeah. of English people, very uh, blue collar American people yes. like Lon Chaney, yes. and then you've got that weird sort of mid Atlantic accent going on. Yes, the cop. you've got gypsies. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of all over the place, mm-hmm. and it creates this real um, f- fairy tale like place. With with all this dense fog and yeah. like you don't know where the the city ends. And right, and the
1: town the town feels both small and large at yeah. the same time, which is interesting. Like you know, there's a lord who lives in a castle, but there's also like an antique shop. Yeah, which feels like a weirdly I I'm sure this is just my own bias, but like feels like such a weirdly modern concept to have right, in your yeah. small town. Yeah, like I I'm I'm sure this is just my ignorance, but like. A small town somewhere in question mark Europe, yeah, it, in 1940, having an antique shop just feels a little like who's antiquing here,
0: right? It <laughs> it almost feels like this is an amusement park or something. Yes, like it's it's yeah. like the the Bush Gardens version of Bavaria.
1: Yes, yes, yes. It's in Epcot.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then, like you've got Lord uh, Lord Talbot who lives in Talbot yes. Castle. Yes, but I don't think he has any like he doesn't seem to have any political. He doesn't seem I, to have any I, political. I he
1: holds he holds some because he's always meeting with the constable. Mm-hmm. The the, the, yeah. the constable's yeah. kind of always around his castle. He seems to have the town doctor on retainer, mm-hmm. like you know, and the town doctor for a lot of small towns for a very long time is like a very important figure we're in, watching, in the town. We're
0: watching Deadwood on the other podcast, the doctor is very important.
1: There you yeah. go. Um and he does kind of continually coach Larry like you need to get to know people mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. You need to get comfortable here. You're going to run the estate. So I think it is one of those kind of classic or supposed supposed to be one of those classic British lord setups where he owns a ton of the land. Yeah. Like um Gwen's fiance is employed by larry's father sir sir talbot it
0: feels like everybody is right
1: so i think yeah. that's the political power that's he true. has he's yeah. maybe not like the mayor or like an elected official that they've chosen mm. but it is still this sort of like only slightly modernized step away from feudalism yeah you know where he owns the land which means that he owns the game on the land right he owns what's grown probably on the land he employs enough people in the town to that he kind of gets to boss them around. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it makes it a really interesting, I I think, you know, when you were talking about how this script evolved from Larry's character just being purely this outsider who's come in to work on the telescope and has like no attachment to the town. Yeah, I kind of, as much as I don't believe that he's Claude Reigns' son, I like the change mm. that they gave him some sort of root. And, and, yeah, and reason well, to be let's, there.
0: let's get into that a little bit because yeah. I, I, I have always found that to be very interesting because they dropped some stuff on you at the beginning mm-hmm. just kind of casually. Yeah. Which is that, um, Larry has a brother. Hat. Also, it's <laughs> like his Lord fucking Larry Town. Tal- no. He, <laughs> I'm sure he's it's a like Lawrence. King Ralph. Um, <laughs> But they they mention he has a brother who's Mm. died. And I Mm. can't remember how they say he died. Hunting accident. Hunting accident, quote unquote. Yes. Um, Which is, uh, and the reason for Larry coming back is because his brother died. Yeah. And they never really do anything with that, but it does create this interesting setup Mm -hmm. of this... um, family coming back together and the pro- prodigal son thing which is an interesting take and I, that's the kind of stuff that I find makes this a lot more um even if they don't get into it yeah there's there's more to grab onto than yeah. some of the other movies definitely you know
1: yeah and I and I think it adds an it adds a really complex social aspect to what ends up happening to Larry mm. where first he's kind of stepping out with a girl that he shouldn't be Mm -hmm. because she's engaged but and i actually to back myself up i love that she won't tell him her she won't tell he won't tell her his last name Mm. at first he's like just call me larry yeah she doesn't find out until after her friend is killed and and the wolf slash bella is killed who he really is in town Mm. And then later on, when he's suspected of murder and also seems to kind of be losing it, the townspeople are gossiping, but no one will really confront him. No one will really do anything about it because he's the Lord's son. yeah. So he's an outsider. So they're very ready to suspect him. They're very ready to disbelieve him when he says, no, I know I saw a wolf. They're like, sure, yeah, right. Because he's not, he feels like a stranger, but at the same time, he holds this social standing and this position in the town where they can't, yeah, like go directly after him.
0: I never thought about that, but yeah, you're you're right. It, it does it really does give Larry this um, buffer, yeah, to make the movie kind of work, yeah. Because if he was an outsider, and all of a sudden he's like, no, you don't understand it's a wolf they'd be right. like okay we're gonna either kick you out of the town or we will kill you
1: right right or we're gonna lock you up in the jail right. or something and they don't do any of that and it also makes this is a
0: movie about white privilege that's what it is
1: it, kind of <laughs> um, because also I think it explains um, Sir John's desperation to sort of shut Larry up mm-hmm. and be like stop it like you're you're not none of this is true you don't actually believe any of this this gypsy woman's filling your head with nonsense. You just need to rest and get over it because this is his last living heir. This is all he has left. If if something happens to Larry or Larry's driven off the line ends, they lose everything. And for those kinds of, you know, families that go back hundreds of, you know, he says Mm. something like this has been our family home for 300 years. Yeah. Like you don't want to be the guy (laughs) who lets all of that fall apart.
0: Yeah. I, I, I felt like a more modern take on this would have had, or I should say, one of the things that I found kind of refreshing about it hmm. is that um, Lord Talbot—his first name or just call him Lord John, John, Sir John, Sir John—is legitimately loves his son.
1: Yeah, he does. Seem like, to. they
0: don't—they have kind of a bit of the you know uptight British. Well, I, I
1: love I love yeah. their first conversation where clearly
0: there was a reason Larry left. Obviously, yes, you know. but
1: it, but it seems like maybe losing his first son yeah. has made him realize, oh shit, like I I fucked up, mm. um, and I need to do it right this time. I've gotten I've lost my older son, my younger son has returned home. I have a second chance with him that I'm never going to get with my first with my with my older son. Right. I want to do it right this time, and he even kind of gives this. Our family has been known for being very reserved and, and we've taken that to an extreme and to a fault and let, let's not do that anymore. Like and, I want to be there for you. And the
0: village field day competition is coming up and yeah. he doesn't have a partner for the three-legged race. <laughs> yes. So he needs yeah. to make sure Larry and he are on good terms.
1: That that pa- that partnership in the three-legged race is not going to work because Claude Rains is about 18 inches shorter That's than true. Lon Chaney. <laughs> <laughs> Lon Chaney's a big dude. He is remarkably size i there is a moment i actually wrote it down when um sir john and i I sir john and the constable i think his name was like paul or something are in the house before larry comes in the room and you get a split second of them talking to one another and the constable's going he's a big boy he's huge yeah (laughs) we could have used some of him on the force or something like that (laughs)
0: look at the size of this asshole yeah but you know um John he seems to love his son or at least he seems to be yeah. want to have a relationship with him. Yeah. And I think the more modern take on this would be the opposite where Larry comes home and it's very yeah. icy. Have you, did you right. ever seen the you're remake? You're nothing
1: like your father. you're nothing like your older brother. He would have known what to do, blah blah blah. Did, yeah. Did
0: you ever see the remake with Benicio del Toro they no. did? We can talk a little bit more about that later. It's not okay. very good. Aww. But I'm I think that's what they do in the new in the remake yeah. is that he comes home and his relationship with his father is very icy. And you know, it's not it's not great. Yeah,
1: this movie does you know, it it makes a couple different choices with the interpersonal relationships. I don't that I don't want I don't wanna label them as progressive because I think that's such a loaded word, mm-hmm. but like they 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 avoid what I think of as the cliched option a few times. Sure. Like when Larry finally meets Gwen's fiance. It's an awkward meeting. Yep. But even after he leaves, the fiance is like, I- "I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to be rude, but he was holding the cane, and I know that's what they say that guy was murdered with, and it just freaked me out." Mm-hmm. And then the next time they run into him, the fiance explicitly says to Gwen, "No, no, no. Let Let's go say hi. Let's go invite him to spend the rest of the the, the fair with us. I, you know, I want to show you. Like, I'm not jealous. I don't hold anything against him. He's
0: a real James Marsden, that yeah. one." <laughs>
1: But they avoid the cliched relationship, which would have been purely confrontational.
0: And I I think it's interesting because based on those lines, I think you could play it more confrontational.
1: You could. But he he even also says to Gwen at some point, like, I just want you to be careful because I think there's something tragic about that man. Yeah. So he's not saying he's dangerous or he's a bad guy or whatever. He just it's just sort of this like, I don't know, there's something going on there and and I'm worried for the woman I love. I don't want to see you get hurt because of whatever's happening with him. It it seems less about Larry. You Mm. know what I mean? He's not like, who do you think you are coming in and trying to steal my woman?
0: It's uh, one of the things that I thought was, was notable too is for all of the sort of condensing, it seems like they did with Mm -hmm. the idea where it's like, all right, well let's not, let's make Larry part of the family let's make sure it's a, he's actually a wolf like one of the th- <laughs> one of the things that I w- picked up on that I feel like would have been an easy con- way to condense it but mm-hmm. probably would have been a more cliche thing to do mm. is um, f- I feel like Gwen's fiance should have been yeah. the sheriff because the game warden isn't really a character he's just kind of there yeah. whereas the sheriff is actively involved and actively antagonistic towards whoever's doing this stuff so I think the more uh um what's the word the 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 i think it would be a a more obvious choice mm-hmm. to make her fiance someone who is more of an aggressive counterpoint sure but they don't yeah and it it's a it's kind of a weird balance cuz it makes both of those characters the game warden and the sheriff feel mm-hmm. a bit more peripheral um because, yeah. I don't know what the game warden, what Gwen's fiance is there to do, other than for her to say, "I have a fiance." You know what I mean? Set traps. That's true. He does set traps. He sets yeah. traps, and he but even needs so, the hunt. he's the game warden. It feels like okay. Let's say, mm-hmm. sure, her fiance is the game warden. Yeah. I feel like he. I, I'm surprised he's not more of a antagonistic force. He's just kind of there doing his thing, trying to catch whatever's doing this. But it's not yeah. like uh, the more, I think the more modern version of this would have been like, oh, this is the fucking game warden. Mm. Look at all these things he's killed. He's going right. to find this right. thing and get it. He's just
1: in a room full of taxidermy. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Or he's like, yeah. you know, Larry meets him and he's wearing like a leopard skin coat or yeah, some shit. Yeah,
1: skin cap on.
0: Or he's just, he's just got a full wolf headdress <laughs> yeah. that he skinned himself.
1: That's also a cape. Yes. Um. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I do...
0: I'm not saying that's what they should no, have done. No, no, no.
1: I see what you're saying. But, y- you know, one one reason why, regardless, however they chose it, one reason I'm glad there is a game warden mm-hmm. is because it really does play into that fairy tale aspect. Yes, yeah. It reminds you of Little Red Riding Hood, mm-hmm. where it is- Which I, they
0: name drop as a werewolf story. Yes,
1: yeah. they do. And he's he's not a game warden. I think he's he's a a woodcutter or something like that.
0: The woodsman, yeah. I the woodsman, so. yeah. Also- but, I don't know if Red Riding Hood is a werewolf story, really, but yeah, you, you the, the wolf puts on the grandmother's clothes, but I don't think anybody turns in. Anyway, we're splitting. Look,
1: there's here. a whole background to that about pedophilia. Let's not go there. Um, <laughs> but I, I like having that sort of fairy tale yes. character yeah. included. So it's not just sort of a another cop movie well if he, the
0: game warden feels like the more natural character than yeah. the sheriff does yeah like they f- it feels like they should be combined into one character and I get, he should yeah, be I get, what, I get what you're saying it should be the game warden not yeah. a sheriff because the yeah. the game warden feels very fairy tale like mm-hmm. as soon as you say the sheriff yeah and you see this guy it, it yeah. feels very modern
1: what are you talking about you yeah mean this guy who talks like this
0: yeah <laughs> and so it's like it is this weird straddling take a note <laughs> It is this weird straddling of of time periods where they're not committing yeah. to either style, yeah. And so you end up with this strange amorphous men in
1: overcoats and fedoras, but then also like gypsy right. fortune tellers in yeah. foggy woods. It's
0: like The Simpsons, where you go <laughs> ten miles in one direction, it's the the desert; ten uh-huh. miles in the other direction, it's the snow. You yes. know, it's. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're just going to hit tick all the boxes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um so yeah, uh do you want to talk about the the meat cute and oh, the psycho-psychosexual yeah. undertones of Larry Talbot peeping through a telescope on Gwen?
1: Yeah. So one of my, one of my notes from when I was when, when we were watching this, one of my earlier notes was is the implication that he is kind of already a wolf?
0: Sure, yeah, because he does... There's something
1: wolfish about him in that kind of old-timey use of the word where he's a little bit of, you know, he's a skirt chaser, kind of. He's like
0: like a cartoon wolf who goes to... Yeah, who's 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 wolf whistling. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. Yeah. He kind of arrives in town and gets his hands on that telescope and then is immediately on the prowl, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, everybody's sort of in in his sight lines and he's looking for pray. Yeah. In a in a way and then he goes and kind of ambushes her and corners her into hanging out with him and I think I think she likes him. Yeah. You know, I think I think it's written to to show that she's open to this even if she knows it's against her better judgment. But yeah, there is like a there's a a predatory element to his behavior towards Gwen at the be- beginning of the movie. And then he finds out that she's engaged and he doesn't stop. Right. Like he kind of keeps pursuing her. And I don't know. I guess that kind of plays into the whole thing. They hammer home repeatedly that Sir John especially talks a lot about how werewolf stories are really about the dual nature of man.
0: Sure. How there's
1: good and evil inside of all of us. There's, you know, kind of the civilization versus wild. And
0: I guess if you wanted to be technical, push up your nerd glasses. You could say that. The Wolfman is kind of a Jekyll and Hyde story. A little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where it's sort of like his baser impulses are not under his control. Like he's not always making the smartest choice or doing the quote unquote right thing Mm -hmm. that, you know, like society would agree is the right thing. Sometimes he's just going to chase the pretty girl because he wants the pretty girl. He doesn't really... Care if she's already promised to another man?
0: Would would it, would it work on you if someone came into your place of work and was like, you know, uh, I really like those earrings that you wore in your bedroom ten minutes ago? That I would I saw. call
1: <laughs> the police. I would call the cops immediately. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's I I I feel that their relationship is the the, the thing the thing in the movie that feels the most cliche. Yeah. Because like, I don't know. They're, I I don't necessarily, I I think the way he comes on to her is so egregious and weird. Yes. That it, it, it feels very movie ish for her to kind of be into it.
1: Yeah. And they feel like they're on such unequal footing. Like I, I know I sort of jokingly compared it to the uh, main characters meeting in the birds. Yes. But at least in that, like, He's a lawyer in the birds, and he kind of knows more about, or he thinks he knows more about her past.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: she is a, a an independently wealthy woman, right? So they're.
0: Is she I completely forgot about that. She
1: is. She's rich. <laughs> she, yeah, she's she's from a very very wealthy family. That's why she jets around to Italy and whatever, and she wears fur coats all all day. Right, right. And she can just afford to drop everything and and take her car and drive up the coast like. They meet sort of more as equals. Yeah. In that, whereas in this, Gwen is a shop girl working at her father's store.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like that's it. That's 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 all she's got. Like she's not. She's kind of waiting to get married, but she's still very much treated as someone's daughter.
0: Yeah.
2: You
1: know what I mean? And he is the son of the Lord who's traveled and lived in america and now he's back and he's coming from a position of like wealth and privilege in the town that i to be fair to him don't think he fully understands oh definitely not yeah um he seems like he's maybe become accustomed to just being like a normal well like you said he
0: he doesn't tell her what his name is like he he has an understanding and he he has an understanding that it's weird Yes, you know that like he doesn't understand it but he knows that Right. This it makes other people,
1: weird. yeah, react to him in a certain way and he doesn't want that. Yeah. But yeah, but it's still just it's so unequal between the two of them and he knows nothing about her. Right. And throughout the movie he learns
0: nothing, nothing yeah. about her. <laughs> yeah. It is I I find that this movie is it's kind of It's kind of a a, a master class in storytelling to a certain extent, hmm. because this movie's like seventy five minutes long, yeah, but it I do not think it feels that short, and I don't mean no. that as a bad thing. it just they every single scene in the movie is efficient at telling you more of the story, yeah, and giving you only what you need, yeah, you know, like you see the town but you only see the parts of the town you need. Mm-hmm. You o- just enough to get an idea of how these people are, how they react to Larry, what yeah. the relationship is. Like then the gypsies show up, yep. you get a scene with that, you get the thing with the wolf. Yep. And then uh like very quickly he's been bitten. Like it's the relationship with him and Gwen mm-hmm. is again, it's I mean that's where you're probably doing a bit of um shortcutting just based on like movie tropes and stuff right but even still it's like they really only give you all you need where it's Mm -hmm. like yeah you know they meet he's she's engaged that's weird Hmm. he's kind of into her she's kind of into him yeah whatever whatever
1: yeah it's clear like she's beautiful so what's there not to like right yeah he's the wealthy son of the lord of you know like the, the why wouldn't she be and he is like in equal measure creepy and awkward, but also endearing, you know, like he, he, he tries to be charming towards her. He tries to kind of have a sense of humor about things. Yeah. So I think they just let that stand in for the rest. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think that, I think you could look at this movie and go, wow, there's a lot of stuff on the plate here that they just don't get into. Yeah. But I think on the other hand, when you finish watching the movie, I don't Mm -hmm. think you feel like you didn't get enough, you know? Yeah. At least I, that's, I think, I think you could, if they wanted to, they probably could have stretched out mm-hmm. the werewolf stuff a bit more. Yeah. Um. But even so, it's like, I don't know <laughs> to do what? You know?
1: well, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like,
0: <laughs> like in, in the, in how the remake, much
1: more do you need
0: in the remake, which I'm sure is like two hours long or whatever. The yeah. uh, Larry ends up getting sent to, to London, Oh, and geez. he's getting examined by doctors and shit. Oh, and there's God. this big set piece where he turns into a wolf and is like running through the London rooftops and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you don't need that shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's even, interesting. Sorry, I was just saying. No. Even the
0: Wolfman stuff, mm-hmm. it's like two scenes.
1: Yeah, he's not there's not he's a ton not of Wolfman a, wolf wolf man. a yeah. lot. Yeah. Any, sorry,
0: didn't mean to cut you off.
1: No, that's okay. Um, it's one of those. It's one of these movies where like if you start to pick apart any individual little thing or relationship or, or scene. Yeah. You can start to sort of say like, well, they could have maybe flushed this out more Mm -hmm. or they could have done more with X. But when you take the whole movie together as, as one experience, it's like, yeah, you come back to like, well, yeah, but would they have really needed that? Yeah. Or in the end, what, how much of a difference would it have made? Right. If they had added more to the growing relationship between Larry and Gwen yeah they don't end up together so we don't need to know if they're compatible
0: or not you know what I mean and I mean they don't do the thing that I feel like they would do a lot in a movie a modern movie now where it's Gwen who kills him and they have some like overwrought final scene together yeah like it's it's really interesting that it's the father who kills him
1: absolutely like
0: that's really interesting
1: yeah especially because the reason he kills him is both because he doesn't believe him enough and because he starts to believe him. Right. So it's this weird, like, you know, he, he kind of, he doesn't believe Larry when Larry says, I'm a werewolf. I'm doing this. I'm, I I can't help myself. I am transforming into a beast and going out and trying to kill people. Yeah. And I can't stop. He, he kind of ties him up at home, but then later he goes out and, and, kind of is looking for him mm-hmm. but still so he believes him enough to believe yes you can't control yourself when you're out here trying to kill people but he doesn't believe him enough when he's confronted by the wolf to not just start fucking wailing on him with, yeah with the silver staff yeah you know and he effectively does what it seems like he's so desperate to not do at the beginning of the movie like i was saying earlier it seems like he's really focused on i don't want to fuck up like, I I have one chance with my one remaining child who is the future of my entire lineage. I don't want to fuck this up. I don't want to drive him away. Yeah. I want to make this work. And then he ends up being responsible for doing exactly what he was afraid of.
0: Yeah, I think the dad character is what changes this from being like David Cronenberg's The Fly, you know? Yeah. Because <clears throat> there's another version where it plays more that way. And I think is probably the more, even at this time, Probably the more traditional way they would do it is mm. focus more on the love story. Yeah. Where the real relationship in the movie probably gets as much screen time as Larry and Gwen is Larry's dad. More. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because he's sort of in the background of a lot. They share a lot more scenes yeah. together in groups. And, um,
0: and they also, Gwen, is there to serve the purpose that she does yeah but john even when larry's not around is Mm -hmm. talking about this and like considering what's going on yes and processing this stuff in a way that gwen's just not
1: right and i think that's that's a dual thing because he's he is this father figure not just to larry but to the whole town yeah like he takes on this role of responsibility towards the prosperity of not just his own estate but all the families that are attached to it so it's this very old fashioned idea of what, you know, a, being a lord or, or, or a member of that class is should be doing and what they should be responsible for. It's, it's like the an idea of of a higher of a, having a higher social responsibility because of your position. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting because I think you don't get you don't often get like a positive view of that
0: sure in, in yeah. a lot
1: of these movies like if you look at dracula for for example he is
0: don't look at him he'll hypnotize you.
1: <laughs> but he is he is a lord mm-hmm. of his castle it's his ancestral land and instead of trying to care for the people on it and the land itself he's sucking it dry he's, right. he's leeching yeah the the strength and prosperity away from it and destroying it um and his people live in fear and terror and then you go to the Talbot and Talbot family and they seem like they're trying maybe not succeeding but trying to have a more like you know that sort of benign paternal attitude towards Mm. towards the people around them
0: what's um what's really interesting is in the the sequels where Lawrence Talbot shows up Mm. which uh he He's kind of like the modern Superman in that he got his own movie and then the mm. sequel to that was uh, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. Huh. There's no Wolfman, Son of Wolfman. It's just yeah. Frankenstein Meets the <laughs> Wolfman like Batman versus Superman. Yeah, uh, Actually, it's very similar because the next one after that is House of Frankenstein, which is they get all the monsters together like the Justice League. <laughs> and then House of Dracula after that. But in those movies, what's fascinating is They in a movie full of monsters, Mm -hmm. they always position Larry as the hero. Interesting. I I shouldn't say not quite a hero like an Arrow Flynn type, but of the monsters, he is the one who is just trying to do good. You know, he's trying to get rid of his affliction, and so he always ends up like fighting Dracula or Mm. fighting the monster. Um, he's got. It's actually the. Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman is, I I love it. It's <laughs> it's the 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 return of Larry is one of the. That's what the subtitle <laughs> the the of the movie should be. <laughs> is uh, the
1: return of Larry is
0: uh, in, an awesome like super creepy sequence where these two like grave robbers go in and find his tomb mm. and they open his casket and he hasn't. It's just Larry. He hasn't like. It's just Larry. What can I say. <laughs>
1: You were just writing the subtitle, the, the like that's the, like, the sitcom. It's just Larry. T- it's just Larry.
0: Uh, but he hasn't like uh, started to decay or anything, right? And he's right. covered with wolfsbane. And mm. the the only the only try the way they try to explain him coming back yeah. is they remove the wolfsbane and that brings him back to life. Huh. But once he comes back to life. For the rest of his appearances in the movies, Mm -hmm. all he wants to do is die. Because he can't figure out how to die. He's like the Incredible Hulk. The Hulk won't let Bruce Banner die. Yeah, (laughs) And so it's this really different take on a character where, you know, it's not Dracula who wants to suck the life out and live. It's not the Frankenstein monster who, I don't know what he wants. not really (laughs) anything, but... uh, he he's like I just I just don't want to be here anymore.
1: Right. Well, because even with like Frankenstein monster is made of pieces of people, mm-hmm. but does that make him a person? Right. Like, does that make him fully human? Right. Does he have memories of like like how you? That's a question throughout those movies. Is like how human is he? There are, there are glimmers of it. There are certain I think interpretations you can put on it, but then there's other times where it's just like. How could he possibly relate to like truly understand what it is to be human? And that's why he's considered a monster. Yeah.
0: Like, would he understand TikTok?
1: I mean, that I don't think that's the litmus <laughs> test for being human. And if no, it is, not anymore, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Um, whereas Larry, as mm-hmm. we're affectionately calling yeah. him, is just a guy,
0: right? Like, yeah.
1: other than the werewolf thing, he's just a guy. Yeah. And I also, this is something I wanted to make sure I brought up. I find it fascinating that he is punished for doing the right thing. Yeah. He goes to save a woman's life. Yep. He tries to save her. He fails. And he's punished. Mm-hmm. And I find that so interesting because more often. It's a very
0: cynical view of the world.
1: <laughs> it is. But I, I find that really fascinating for a movie from this era and a movie that's kind of treated like you know, like kind of the classic haunted house horror movie. Yeah. Like people kind of dismiss these movies. I still, I think a lot still. Um, And I find it really interesting that what is, what does that say about, you know, what it means to try and do good in the world. It seems like everyone in this movie is actually trying to be a good person.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Like even the cop who can kind of be a jerk sometimes to Larry, He's just trying to do his job. Yeah. he's he's He lives in this town. He's from this town. His, he spent his whole life in this town and people keep dying.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And it's his job to protect the people of the town and he's he can't mm-hmm. and he wants to. So he just wants, you know, he's just trying to do the right thing too. Everyone in this movie is trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And everyone is punished for it.
0: Yeah, the cop could... There's no guest on in this movie. Exactly. There that's feels a, like there should be. And I think that's what I was getting at earlier. Like, that's the yeah, character that's missing. Yeah,
1: and the cop inches up towards it because he he and Larry have a couple moments where they bump heads in conversation mm-hmm. because the cop doesn't believe that it's a werewolf. He's right, like, no, right. this is a murderer. Like, this is somebody running around killing people and I need to catch him.
0: Yeah, it's a small town. He's just... Maybe he's just not a good cop. Right. Um, yeah, I, I was just thinking that the difference between larry and dracula
2: Mm.
0: this is not a stand-up bit is uh maybe it is is when anytime dracula comes back Mm -hmm. he's always like finally i have returned yes and anytime larry comes back he's like god damn it um but i do want to talk about uh bela and the gypsies maria maria Uspenskaya. who i there's no magic book but Maria Uspenskaya is basically the magic book of this movie. She
1: is a walking, talking, living magic book, and yeah.
0: I love her. I I can't say that she is the first of this type because mm. the um, harbinger, the gypsy harbinger, is something that does. Everybody
1: is, knows I love a harbinger. Yes, she is one of my faves. She's fantastic. Yeah, and it's her she, and Ralph all the way, baby.
0: They would make a good couple. Oh. Um, but but that character is taken from like Dracula has some gypsy harbingers in it. Oh yeah. And I'm sure they probably exist somewhere else, but, uh, but she is fantastic. She's, I feel like this, this section of the movie Mm -hmm. is what made, uh, Sam Raimi do drag me to hell.
2: Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, no, I, I love her. I love that whole archetype. Um, I also think this movie treats, gypsies with a surprising amount of respect
0: yeah they do you know like it
1: would it it would have been a lot there's some disdainful comments and 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 things like that but it would have been a lot easier i feel like the modern the more modern version of this movie would not put the suspicion on larry quite so fast Mm -hmm. i think they could they would more it would it would turn more into a well you know that horrible gypsy right. attacked that woman right and Larry must have tried to defend her yeah and 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 he he's such a good guy that he blocked it out that he beat this man to death.
0: There <laughs> is something interesting there though yeah. where you have a story that traditionally that that would be about the uh, people being afraid of the outsider yeah. who ultimately. Don't see that the problem is someone f- the calls from coming from inside the house, you
1: right? Know? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think it's really interesting because this the sort of general attitude towards gypsies or Romani people were that they were just bad, mm-hmm. that they were criminals, that they were swindlers, that they came into town and were just like an undesirable element, and you wanted them out of your town,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and. I could sort of see a version of this movie where a gypsy man getting killed and being found, having his body found near a local woman's body in the oh, woods, sure. yeah, having it just be like, well, he got what he deserved. Who gives a shit? Now yeah, they all all—they've all left town. Good. They Good don't riddance. really comment on that at all. No, in fact, they seem really driven to figure out what happened to him. Hmm. Um, and then it's also kind of—I I love the conversation between um the gypsy woman and the priest when yes. when they bring Bella's um oh sure yeah coffin to the to the cemetery yeah and they have this whole back and forth where he's like I hear you people are gonna parade into town dancing and singing and this is disrespectful and I can't allow you to do it. And she kind of retorts, well, according to our beliefs and according to yours as well Mm -hmm. he's gone to a better place
0: right yeah
1: like he's in heaven now and this is how we commemorate that we celebrate that for him because he's in a better world than this one now isn't that what you believe right and he kind of he hates it but he can't he like can't argue with it and so he says oh okay and they get to have their funeral celebration
0: and then she's like have you ever had funnel cake because trust me it's (laughs) amazing (laughs)
1: <laughs> but I, I yeah, if I find this movie, it's always really surprising how these like social commentary moments kind of always come out in a way that's more like, oh, that was shockingly fair and even handed yeah. of you.
0: And I, and I always, you know, I, how much of that is modern reading? You know, right? Like, I, 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 I'm sure that there is. I, I don't want to undersell what they yeah. were doing at the time because. I think these movies have more baked into them than people give them credit for. Yeah. uh, Which is basically the whole concept of the book I was talking about earlier. (laughs) Um, Like, you want to see a really fucking weird movie? Mm. It's a movie called, uh, I believe it's The Black Cat with, or it's The Raven. I think it's The Black Cat with um, Boris Karloff Mm -hmm. and Bela Lugosi. It's the first time that they we're in a movie together this
1: is really familiar i'm trying to remember And it is
0: it's like just pre-code before they started Mm. like bringing the hammer down with the the regulations i think or maybe it's i forget it's anyway it's in there yeah and it's about like the two of them served together in the first world war and Mm. one of them was like a field medic Mm. and uh i can't remember why they end up crossing paths again but like you find out that Boris Karloff stole Bela Lugosi's wife and now keeps <laughs> keeps her in like this weird suspended animation. Oh,
1: like literally stole her. Like
0: literally stole. Oh, okay. And.
1: <laughs> like she was a piece of property. Kind of. And he took her.
0: And it And there's like this weird subtextual like BDSM kind of stuff going mm. on. And the end of the movie is the. You see the silhouette shadow on the wall of I think it's Karloff mm-hmm. like essentially crucified getting skinned alive and it's it has it has nothing to do with wow. the, the Edgar Allan Poe story that okay. it's based off of but it's like it's one of those ones where it's like mm. you want to see a really weird one that you can get into psychologically yeah. watch this one
1: yeah no, and yeah, and I'm not. I'm not trying to argue that like somebody sat down and made these decisions of oh, like sure, we're going to yeah. show like good progressive politics in this movie. Like, yeah, I don't think that that was the case. I I guess I'm just I feel like it was the sort of movie where it, when when they when he sat down to write it, it was like I want these people to feel like real
0: humans. And again, I mean, not to put too much, you know, hindsight into this, mm-hmm. but. The guy did just escape Nazi Germany. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. And I, th- I think you can, you can see Romani that. The Romani
0: people were part of the people targeted by the Nazis.
1: Yep. Yeah. And and treating it like everybody is coming from a position where they think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. And even so, even when, and I think that's kind of the point of the Wolfman itself, is like, even when you want to be good, sometimes you're not. Yeah. And you can't help it. mm
0: uh, we should probably talk about the actual Wolfman in this movie. Yeah, um, Larry, what, what do you what do you think of? Well, I, I've, <laughs> I've been endlessly tickled by mm-hmm. the transformation scene where after he becomes the Wolfman, he mm-hmm. decides to put on a really nicely yes. tailored shirt. <laughs> yes, and there's you. They do this stuff a few times in these movies, obviously because they don't have the capabilities or the budget to do like a full body whatever right, right. like they did um, and it
2: would
1: probably have been scandalous yeah Yeah.
0: the movie before this that had a very similar uh makeup was an adaptation of the island of dr moreau called mm. the island of lost souls mm. and that one is very highly regarded i saw it once a long time ago but yeah. I, I can't remember what i thought of it at the time but you see all these creatures hmm on this island in the middle of the Caribbean, are they or whatever. all wearing like? They're all wearing <laughs> shirts buttoned up to the yeah. neck. You know, you've got Bell Lugosi. This is
1: our fish man. Yeah, and he's got a button-down shirt on. Bell
0: Lugosi yeah. plays like the 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 lead mm-hmm. monster or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and he's got this crazy like wolf ape kind of makeup going on. Yeah, that goes covers his entire face and then goes into a tight collared <laughs> white shirt that's very nice. You know, oh, so it's. I always found that very silly. Is that yeah. he found the time to make himself look nice before right. he went out to, right. I guess, choke people to death.
1: Nice <laughs> tailored suit for the Wolfman that he just happened to have laying around.
0: Yeah. What do you think of what of his look? His the design and the makeup and stuff.
1: Um, I think it's a little too clean.
0: Yeah, he does look you know? like he
1: like he looks like he like has a blowout. He like, looks like a bit. He got you, brushed and combed, and he's pomaded his fur.
0: Yeah. Have you seen Teen Wolf?
1: Michael yes. J. Fox. Yes.
0: Remember when he goes to the prom? Yes. And he spends, yes, the, he like, does. he kind of has that vibe where yes. yeah, he does. after Larry turned into the Wolfman, he's like, yeah. this looks good.
1: Yeah, yeah, like he's a little too coiffed. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I always find it confusing that he's like a wolf man, whereas Bella is just a wolf.
0: Yeah, well, he's, he's, I think he's a German shepherd. I think they Aww. used a dog for that, but... <laughs> Um yeah, I always kind of my head canon was like, eh, maybe Bella's just been a wolf longer than Larry has. Okay,
1: yeah, maybe it takes a takes a couple autumn moons sure. for you. Sure. I'm willing to buy that. But um I mean, I like it in the sense that it's very iconic. You know, like mm-hmm. I I th- I think it looks great in those shots where where it kind of shows him running out in the forest. Yeah. In those moments, but yeah, I I think he's a little too prettied up. And I think you know, the full the full suit is a little a little much.
0: Yeah. I I think they they really get a lot out of this makeup because yeah. they he like I said, he's only in a couple scenes, but they basically spend those scenes having him like uh what's the word i'm looking for like um uh not skulk but like prowl yeah through the the foggy woods yeah he's just generally
1: menacing around
0: and they and then they get him to end on like a perfectly uplit shot that really accents the like those those feel really kind of dreamlike and weird yeah scenes because he's they're just there to get like that you're getting your money shot of the makeup.
1: And I will say that they do a great job of making him not look like himself.
0: Yeah. You yeah. know, like it, I, I've it, always been shocked that that's actually him under there. Cause yeah, it does not look like it.
1: I had all. to Google that because I, I really thought it wasn't. Yeah. Um. But I, I like that detail because it, it makes him more inhuman, but it also makes it believable that people who encounter the wolf man wouldn't immediately go, Larry, yeah, yes. is that you?
0: <laughs> you look terrible. Yeah. Actually, I take that back. You look fantastic. Yeah, you look great. There's um, there's another werewolf movie that predates this called Werewolf of London. Mm. It's a Universal movie where uh, it's got a lot more. The lore is a lot sweatier in that movie. <laughs> where it's like it's okay. These two
1: sweatier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what am I? One of the podcasts I listen to uses that as an adjective, and it's always it's always good. Um, it's like there's two scientists who are mm. trying to find the secrets of a flat, like a wolf, something flower that grows in the Himalayas. Okay. And when one of them goes out there, he ends up getting bit by a wolf, and then he mm. turns into a werewolf. It, it's a lot more. It's just not as tight. Yeah, you know, and I'll show you what the makeup yeah. for that looks like. But, yeah, uh, like
1: you've expanded out a little too far in that one, maybe.
0: What the hell did I say this movie was called? Uh,
1: Werewolf of London. Werewolf of London, not an American Werewolf in.
0: <sighs> Is that what it's called? It, werewolf, werewolf of London. Yeah. So yeah. if you see the the makeup here, oh. it's like there's a lot more of the actor's face coming through, and yeah. it's got like this big dip, widow peak. Yeah. The
1: emphasis on the bottom teeth.
0: Yeah. And he yeah. kind of, in the movie, he kind of, it feels a lot more Jekyll and Hyde-like because mm. he's sort of like prowling. I think at one point he's got like a nice little hat on.
1: <laughs> and he's got a
0: scarf that he wears. Man,
1: these werewolves really know how to dress. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I saw a werewolf drinking a pina colada at Trader Vicks. His hair was perfect. <laughs> um,
1: Is but, that more meatloaf?
0: <laughs> no, that was, that was uh, Werewolves of London. Ah. Uh, uh but yeah, I think they they got the right mix here where he's he's very unnatural looking. And yeah. you know, they I think I
1: just wish he was roughed up a little bit. Yeah. Like just yeah. a little more tousled, a little more you know, like I don't know, just just a, just a little less polished. That's yeah. all I want. Like I I think the makeup itself actually looks really great. Yeah. But I, I just wish you know his his hair was kind of ruffled or or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think the transformation is really good. Um, yeah, they get better as the movies go on. There's one,
1: but it is surprising for the, the time period this was made in. Yeah, like it looks, it looks good.
0: Yeah, there's one in I think it's Frankenstein meets the Wolfman that's really good mm-hmm. where. Um, this one, they, they do it, you don't see him turn into Larry. I think it's an, an interesting- You don't
1: see him turn into Larry. Yeah. It's an interesting
0: <laughs> holdover from, I, th- I feel like it's a holdover from the original version of the script that mm. you only see him turn into Larry at the end.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: uh, yeah, so after you, he's been killed.
1: You can use, because there is, there is a big chunk of this movie where you do kind of wonder how much of this is in his head. Right. Um,
0: And it could, it could go either way for a lot of it. Depending on what your the point of view, I think by the
1: end they've kind of clinched the fact that no, 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 he was transforming into a monster. When when
0: you watch his father watch him transform back into a person, then
1: then they're like, we are going for it with that. But I do I like that there is that period of plausible deniability where even Larry himself is kind of like, wait, is this really happening to me, or Mm -hmm. am I going crazy? Because the prevailing theory amongst like his father and the doctor and the cop are like not you're going crazy (laughs) like you're not actually turning into a wolf
0: yeah yeah and i always like that uh, more so i think than dracula and frankenstein Hmm. wolfman is more of a feral monster you know dracula in these movies is very moves very slowly and very deliberately and you don't really see what he's doing
1: right he has a plan usually yeah he's like a goal he's trying to accomplish
0: right frankenstein is is more he's explosive but <clears throat> he's just kind of wants people to leave him alone.
1: Yeah, more or less.
0: And Wolfman is is actively attacking people, and you know Frankenstein doesn't really actively attack people unless right. someone attacks him first. But Wolfman is out there going after people, <laughs> and you know again it's it's I think this must be just a times thing where he is a wolf. But for some reason, he kills people by choking them to yes. death.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to strangle you in the way a wolf would typically. It is, it is very kill funny. Yeah. Yes.
0: Um, and I, I actually for, I forgot to mention one of the things mm. that really sets this movie up to f- feel like a fairy tale is the mm. opening when they do the cast thing.
2: Yes. That's a yeah. very
0: theatrical. Here are all the players, mm-hmm. the way that they usually do it at the end credits, where they'll show mm-hmm. the person and the name and stuff,
1: yeah, yeah, I liked that. that's like very charming, yeah, that kind of old timey opening
0: uh the makeup uh was done by Jack Pierce, who mm-hmm. is basically the Jack Kirby of the universal monsters mm. he uh I don't think he worked on Dracula, but he basically worked on everything else. He wow. designed the Frankenstein makeup, Wolfman, the mummy. He was the guy. Yeah. Uh, up until his his one downfall was that he was not much for changing with the times, hmm. and his method of creating makeup was very uh, time, What's the word I'm looking for? Intensive. Time intensive. Yeah. Because w- he would build everything up, like from nothing yeah where and he was still doing that even when they started doing like foam latex right prosthetics
1: kind of that you could just have a piece that goes on over somebody's face or forehead or whatever
0: and i and i think um the a couple of the later versions of wolfman you can see the difference and i Mm. honestly don't think it looks as good but Mm. uh, he basically he was the 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 king of monster makeup yeah up until he kind of his sell-by date was up and then they basically yeah. shit-canned him. Aww. Which is, that's the thing that sucks about all this stuff. It's like, it, it doesn't take a lot to re- be nice and recognize someone's achievements, you know? But like, I mean, even it's, if I, you're, think,
1: I think Hollywood and, and movie making was a very different industry for, for yeah, a long time. I don't time. think
0: that it's gotten that much better, but but no. it, it's gotten better.
1: No, but I think there's maybe a few more avenues now for people to build up relationships and and you know if one studio cans you yeah there's another one right over there that's gonna take that could take you on and you and use your talents
0: to be fair though it's like more competition you know if he didn't if he's not working up to the standards that everybody else is working it's, it's gonna be tough i mean that's his own uh Flaw character yeah. flaw, I guess, but yeah. you still don't. They don't have to be jerks. But I, about.
1: I do think that there was a more of a an overt ruthlessness.
0: Yeah, back then. Yeah,
1: and that was more accepted. Yeah. Like, Did
0: you see the movie Babylon? No. No. It's about the. Uh, it came out last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie.
1: I remember it coming out. I think I just.
0: It's about just the it. change of from the silent era to the sound era mm. and kind of how the 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 hedonistic days of the silent movie era 20s mm-hmm. kind of was forced into um straightening up yeah as things this this studios changed and stuff i thought it was great it's probably mm. about 45 minutes too long but <laughs> it's uh there's some really great stuff in there but it sounds it's,
1: like one of those movies for people who love movies
0: yes you know? I think it's I think it's great just as a spectacle, but yes, no, no, it is. No, it is yeah. very much a. I'm not. Yeah. I,
1: I haven't seen it. I can't cast any aspersions. I'm, I'm not meaning to, but it, it sounds like it's it would be especially appealing to someone yes, who has definitely yeah a little more of a more than a passing knowledge about yeah. what those times were like.
0: But it's it, it deals with the same kind of stuff where it's like once they get into movies with sound, mm. the actors who were mainstays of the silent era. Right, start to fall off. Some of them be just because their voices are weird.
1: I was gonna say it's just a different skill set. Yeah, yeah, it's a totally different, you know, completely different way of of acting.
0: I actually think Lon Chaney Sr. Mm-hmm. That was an issue. Yeah, that he had like a weird voice. I
1: could see that.
0: <laughs> um, unfortunately, I don't think he. I don't know if he did any sound movies. I I'm not I have sure. No idea. Um. Yeah. What? What? Just to kind of round it out. Sure. How do you feel about Lon Chaney Jr. in this? He's. I. I feel like he's in a really tough position. Yeah. Because his father. Is like the king of horror movies.
1: Well, and it's such a, it's such a weird character. Yeah. You know, like like you have to play it. And a lot of people talk about how he they they're like, "Well, he brings such a vulnerability to the mm-hmm. character that it's that it's naturally endearing because you're watching him and he seems genuinely distressed." And I get that, but I also feel like he doesn't quite have enough charm to yeah. justify some of his behavior at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And I keep cu- just coming back to the fact that like him and Claude Rains being father and son yeah it's it's weird it ju- it's just so jarring um even though as i looked up they are 17 years apart claude rains <laughs> was 17 years older than him so it could have worked yeah but it, there's just something about it where it it's just kind of like funny it's almost yeah. like comedic to watch him call claude raines dad
0: he's so much bigger than him That's, that's part of it I think. <laughs> well
1: and the british thing yeah. and like, like claude raines doesn't seem old enough
0: uh to their credit you know? they actually go a bit weirder in the remake oh where john and larry talbot are mm. respectively anthony hopkins and benicio del toro
1: <laughs> wow which
0: might be even harder to track huh.
1: Okay. I, do, I do think they in the Swinging for the fence. I do think one. in
0: that movie there's a whole thing about his mother being like Spanish or something. Yeah. I forget, but there
1: are, there are no mothers in this movie. No, there are no
0: mothers. Yeah, Gwen uh,
1: doesn't have a mother. Larry doesn't have a
0: incorrect. Mother. Uh, Where's her mother? Maria Uspenskaya is Bella's mother.
1: Oh, 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 oh! I thought you were saying incorrect. That oh, sorry. Gwen's no. mother is around, and I was like, what? I don't know about that. Um, but no, yeah, I, I, I think, I think it's it's a weird role like it's a weird role so it's it's tough because if you asked me what i would have had him do differently i can't tell you yeah
0: he seems (laughs) like he's trying to play it like bing crosby or something
1: yeah Uh, hello there yeah maybe that's what kind of
0: those beautiful earrings puts me off
1: a little bit
0: those pretty ears he owes
1: yeah um so yeah i don't i don't i don't i was just
0: watching you from the tree (laughs) don't mind what i was doing (laughs)
1: I hate, I hate this impression. <laughs> it's freaking me out. I don't know. What do you think?
0: What do You think about Lon Chaney I, Jr. I think he's. I think he get actually gets better in the later movies because oh, he's because he he's basically playing. I think he's at his best in this movie when he plays the pathos of it. Yes, when he's the the frustration. Yes, yes. And when the, he's the
1: tortured soul. Yeah, I I I agree. I think that's what what he really shines at. Yeah, I think the the parts where he's you know trying to be charming towards Gwen or trying to talk about apertures or whatever mm-hmm. in in telescopes, I'm just like, I don't buy this.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: An apertures just like a cape and oh No. I <sighs> <sighs> uh. <laughs>
1: think we've talked longer than this movie.
0: Uh, yes, yes, I think so. <laughs> um, he, uh, Lon Chaney Union and Evelyn Anchors absolutely hated each other. Oh uh, wow! Yes, uh, so that's just fun to throw in there. Also, uh, Lon Chaney Jr. and Jack Pierce hated each other, so I don't know if Lon Chaney wanted to be in this movie, but
1: I was going to say if 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 the common denominator is always you, maybe you're the problem, Lon yeah. Chaney
0: Jr. Also, I know Jack Pierce was notoriously kind of a crank, like he yeah. was a cranky guy. But Still, uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about what, briefly is the music. Mm. Um, this has I I. I think Wolfman probably has one of the more recognizable scores be- just mm-hmm. because of the way that time works. Yeah. Uh, Dracula didn't have any music. Right. Well, it had uh, Black Swan. Black Swan? Swan Lake. Yes. Uh, at the beginning, but that's it. Yeah. Frankenstein didn't have any. Bride of Frankenstein has a pretty memorable score, hmm. but of the big ones, uh, Wolfman is the only one who really has this theme. Yeah. And uh, they, they picked a, a good theme because it's a, it's a tritone theme mm. which is known as the Devil's Triad. Oh nice.: It's called as such, because in <laughs> the medieval times, uh, these notes, or this co- not these exact notes, but this collection of notes played in uh-huh. this way yeah, was uh, thought to be satanic, nice. and so it was banned. And so it was the original. Awesome. It's very um, the the predecessor of heavy metal, sort of, which is uh, works it. out pretty well because if you know the song "Black Sabbath" by Black mm-hmm. Sabbath, mm-hmm. they use that in the very first song of the album. That bomb, bomb, bomb. Oh shit! Yeah. And then this is bomb, bomb, bomb. I also think that Danny Elfman took some Batman from this. Because there is a spe- there's a couple specific places where they there's a cascading bit of music mm. that sounds exactly like part of his Batman theme. Cool. Where it kinda goes bum 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 and they just it doesn't have that last bah, bah, note yeah. on there. Um and I, I listened to it back just to make sure I wasn't crazy. And if I can <laughs> find it, I'll throw it in here. But nice. Uh yeah, it's uh the music was by Charles Previn, I think. Hmm. It does it says he was the musical director, so I'm gonna say he probably wrote it. But uh yeah, the uh what's his name? Lon Chaney Jr. played hmm. um Lawrence Talbot uh one, two, three, four, at least five times. Wow. I think five times. Uh and then Wolfman it, it just kind of sat on no one did anything with him until well obviously famously everybody found out he has nards in the late (laughs) 80s and then they finally remade it in i think it was 2010 with Benicio benicio and anthony hopkins a movie i was very excited for because originally it was going to be done by this guy named mark romanek who was a uh indie guy who was on his way up and had done i think he's the guy who did this movie called one hour photo with robin williams very creepy kind of movie so he was going to do this and the big selling point was that rick baker was going to was doing all the special effects and Mm. it was going to be all practical oh wow and he designed this amazing makeup for benicio del toro and then somewhere in there because movies are movies Mark Romanek left and got replaced by Joe Johnston, who is the director of such famous horror movies as mm. um, The Rocketeer. Oh, God. And uh, Captain America, The First Avenger. Okay. And uh, all m- of not the... Not a great fit. No. All of the transformations were done in CGI. And it looks like good <sighs> dog shit.
1: Of course, because also that was like a time where yeah. CGI was still pretty dodgy.
0: And I believe... I think Rick Baker might have left. I or, would have, if or I possibly. If I
1: were him, and they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna do all the transformations in CGI," I would have been like, "Well, it's been yeah. real. Good luck."
0: And I think it no. might have been one of those situations, like the 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 prequel to the Thing, mm. where they actually did everything practically, oh, and, and then, then they, they, kinda they
1: yeah. over over or with
0: stuff. the other way. It's probably this way, which is yeah. they told him he was gonna have this kind of budget and then they kept cutting the budget and cutting the budget. But anyway, the Rick Baker led Wolfman remake was not to be what I wanted it to be. However, mm. I will say mm-hmm. it's not a good movie. <laughs> the end of it is worth watching because they take the, they really key in on the father son stuff. Oh. And the end of the movie is like a perfect hammer Movie ending uh-huh. where uh, Talbot Castle catches on fire. Oh, good! And <laughs> uh, John Talbot, Sir John Talbot, also turns into a werewolf, <gasps> and there is a werewolf fight inside a burning castle. What? <laughs> it's pretty fucking cool. What? Okay. And it All ends. Right. It ends with Benicio del Toro Wolfman punching off his father's head. <laughs>
1: Okay. All right. So, I, need to, I need to, whenever this is streaming for free on a service, Yes. I need to fast forward to that ending. Yeah.
0: I, I kind of had wanted to go back and watch it again, yeah. but I know it's not going to be better than
2: Aww. it was.
0: Anyway, mm. uh, I think that's going to do it. Yeah. For the, for the Wolfman. Uh, I'm sorry if I blabbed too much, but- It's okay. I forgive I've you. I've got- 35 years of yeah. Universal <laughs> Monsters boiling inside me.
1: You had to let it out at some point. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, this is number 86 on our list. Mm. How do you feel about the placement? Higher, lower? Take it off the list. Um,
1: This is a tough one. I, I feel like this one should be closer to one. Like, I, I feel like, like it's... higher a, up on...
0: Yeah. Higher as in lower?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lower number, higher rank? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I... I just because it's The Wolfman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's such an iconic. If you're going for horror and monster movies, yeah. this is one of the big ones. And and I'm not saying it should be top 10. Yeah. I don't think it quite does that. But yeah, if you put this in the top 40 somewhere. That's the tough like, thing yeah, with this
0: right. list, right? Because the top, like, f- top 10 yeah. are basically movies that came out last year. And movies from like nineteen twenty,
1: <laughs> right, 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 and it's kind and of. I'm like, exaggerating, but
0: not by much. No,
1: because this isn't like the the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yeah, it's somewhere it's in the, the top. The 10. Cabinet
0: of Dr. Caligari, Nosferatu, Us, yeah, uh, yeah. let let me out, or what, is that what that movie's called? I don't. Not know. Not let me out. You know what I'm talking know about. Which one the you other mean the out. other <laughs> Peterson. <laughs> uh, the hell is that movie called <laughs> Get Out?
1: I'm let sorry. me out is the, the
0: the vampire version. Let's let the right one in. Yes, get <laughs> let, out.
1: Let me out. <laughs> it's the same idea, <laughs> more or less. Uh,
0: and then it's just like Psycho. I think is at the yeah, top. But yeah, It's yeah. it's. But if I would say, as much as I love mm-hmm. me a silent movie, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like the Universal monster movies have more importance. Yeah, yeah. Long-term. For
1: setting up kind of the modern. Modern horror. Nosferatu is
0: a tough one to bounce because yeah. that's kind of undeniable. But yeah, like Caligari, we can knock that down. Yeah,
1: some if you if you've seen a ton of horror movies, but you've never seen Cabinet of Doctor Caligari, I don't think you're unmoored in in the genre. <laughs> have, you know what I mean? Have
0: you seen that Portlandia skit? It's.
1: Uh, <laughs> I need more context than it's.
0: Um, Fred Armisen is someone who has uh, Netflix, old style Netflix where they get DVDs. Mm-hmm. And the one DVD that he keeps, he's had on his table mm-hmm. for like six weeks mm-hmm. and he keeps getting trying to get around to watching it is The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. <laughs> and as someone who <laughs> was big into the original version of Netflix, yeah. I identified with that really hard because there's always that one movie where it's like, this is a movie I should see yes i'm gonna get it i'm gonna watch it and yeah. then it just sits on your coffee right. table you for start like watching two months. it
1: and you're like eh, maybe I'm not in the mood for this right now exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and it becomes
0: like this cursed object in his yes. house that he can't that, until <laughs> he has to finally give it to somebody else yeah
1: yeah
0: um but yeah i would i would say i would say this is probably deserves to be in the top 50 yeah if for reputation alone even yeah. though i do think it is a really good movie but
1: I think I think it is I think it is a really good movie, but I think it's more about the legacy yeah. of it. That that kind of means that I'm a little surprised it's all the way out in the '80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, that's gonna do it for Wolfman. We have mm-hmm. a wild card coming up, man. Yes, it's your dear. pick. What are we gonna be doing?
1: Well, Clay, I hope you didn't get too much fog Uh-oh. in this movie, because I want to do John Carpenter's The Fog.
0: You say that now. But mm-hmm. then when we watch it mm-hmm. and I hate it <laughs> and I open the show by saying, get the fog out of here. Uh, You're really going to regret boo. that for a number of reasons. Boo. No, I, I really like the <laughs> fog. Um, Feels
1: like the right time of year to do it. I don't yeah. know if that's true, but it's starting to get cooler out and people are wearing cozy sweaters around here mm-hmm. and it was very foggy a couple days ago. And yeah,
0: I find it very funny that that, that the the ongoing... Um late year holiday season war between mm. uh, sp- spooky season people and Christmas uh-huh. season people. It is so I there are so many similarities where <laughs> s- the the holiday season people mm-hmm. enjoy the coziness of sweaters mm-hmm. and the spooky p- season people also enjoy the coziness of sweaters mm. somehow that works with the horror stuff as well as it works with the christmas stuff
1: different, the whole, very different looking sweaters though
0: the uh mm. yeah well not necessarily <laughs> the podcast that i really like um with goarly and rust mm. their whole they their whole thing is they call themselves the cozy horror co- podcast nice and so they talk about the movies and they actually have a every year they do a cozy bracket <laughs> where they do um all the movies they've covered for the year in a tournament to see which one is the coziest. Oh. So. I I was really excited when they got to Black Christmas because I was like, Mm. they are going to coze in their pants when they watch Black Christmas. (laughs) All right, I need to get out of here. Um, Thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to help support the show, head over to Patreon.com slash The Penske File.
1: He really does need to get out of here. Yeah,
0: where we can, where you can, Jesus. Where you can... Uh, follow along with us as we go through the video nasties Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, We've got a couple left in September. We did (sighs) Inferno, Dario Argento's Mm -hmm. Inferno. We have done Toby Hooper's The Fun House. We've done Dario Argento's Tenebrae. Mm -hmm. October, we're going, we're getting really, really in there. We're going to do Last House on the Left.
1: Yeah, if this, if this, the last couple episodes haven't been dark enough for you. Yeah. Come join the us.
0: Polar opposite of Universal Monster yes. Coziness is yes. the last House on the left. Just a sweaty, gross swamp movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'd be much obliged if you did that. And uh, uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for joining me, Amanda. Thank you, Clay. And we will see you next time. Bye everyone. do while you were kissing me.
2: You took the words right out of my mouth. All you must